0: The framework of business is completely different in the new normal. To explore culture as a strategy, we have to look in places we haven't before. Looking into company culture from the C-suite to employees and from Fortune 500 to startups, it's time to understand the human side of company culture and the new shape it is taking. This is The Conversation on Culture Factor 2.0, and I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Kara Golden is the definition of resilience. Her latest book, Undaunted, which just so happens to be number seven on the Wall Street Journal's best-selling list, is her story of the drive to innovate where others would have thrown in the towel. But she's here to share that you can be undaunted, too. She is the founder and CEO of the $150 million award-winning Hint Beverage Water Company, the leading unsweetened flavored water. Kara is also a mother of four and has her own podcast, The Kara Golden Show. Get ready to love her for her determination, and to walk away today, realizing you have it too. So today we have Kara Golden on the show. Welcome to Thank the Culture you. Factory. Thank Thanks for having me. Really happy to have you here. Um, so what I'd love to do is I'd love to go a little bit back in time. Um, we are going to discuss um, your book Undaunted, but I also, um, since you are. Uh, the CEO of a, a big company, uh, hint beverage company. Um, I want to go back into the early stages of your startup. Um, you hit a wall with big beverage companies when you first um, went out and, and sort of sought their uh, opinions, ideas, help. Um, and it's one of the many walls that you scaled while you were building your company. And but this wall in particular, can can you share with the listeners what you were up against with with big beverage?
1: Yeah, um, you know, basically it came after I was kind of at it for about a year. I mean, just as some background, I I started hint, um, which is an unsweetened flavored. Uh, water company. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with it, and I started it with no beverage experience, no food experience other than the fact that I ate. Um, but it, it was it was really um, I had sort of grown up in media and tech, and prior to Hint had run AOL's uh, e-commerce and shopping partnerships, and so when I Came up with this idea for Hint. I was um, really doing it after I had seen what shifting from diet soda, diet coke in particular, to drinking water really did. And I had been for years trying to get my weight under control. I had I had three kids at the time, um, and uh, and had cons- consecutively gained weight, um, I should say, and also uh, my skin had developed terrible adult acne. And I, my energy levels were just like, I wanted to take a nap every day and I couldn't really figure out kind of what was going on with me, but I just really felt off and had seen a few doctors. They said, this is what happens when you get older. And, you know, at this point I had left AOL and was taking a break just to kind of spend some time with my kids and more time back in San Francisco where I live. And, um, and that's when I, you know, made this decision after I'd been like looking at ingredients and in food, um, but had never really paid attention to the ingredients and in drinks. In fact, um, I really thought that the word diet on a drink meant health. I like, I don't know if anyone ever told me that or if somehow I was kind of brainwashed into believing that that's you know, that equated to health. And so one day when my diet Coke was kind of facing me, and I could see the ingredients, there were about 30 ingredients that I didn't understand on the bottle. And I thought, gosh, why am I not looking at my drinks, too? And then I said, well, I'm drinking diet Coke, so it's probably just fine. But I thought, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of I've tried everything. I'm just about to totally give up on ever losing the weight or getting my skin cleared up. I just was like, Get, about to move on. And when I switched to plain water, um, and just totally gave up drinking Diet Coke after I had been drinking a ton of it for years. That's when I lost 24 pounds in two and a half weeks, my skin cleared up my energy level, like went away. And I thought, Oh, my, I mean, went went up. And I thought, Oh, my gosh, like, why isn't anyone talking about this? I mean, people are talking about clean eating, but they're not talking about clean drinking. You know, like they're mm-hmm. they're and and so that's when I thought um, if you know the real reason why I'm not drinking water is because it's boring, and I start slicing up fruit in my kitchen and threw it in the water just to give some background to people on on this. And and so I was like interviewing with tech firms in the in Silicon Valley, um, but was uh, was just kind of. I don't know. Like, like I, I had a great run at AOL, and I felt that it was kind of a, um, I, I might want to do something different. And again, when you like want to switch industries, you of course have lots of friends um, who are in your industry who are like, you know, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? Did you not like what you were doing? And I'm like, no, I, I did. But I'm just wondering if I can do other things because I'm, you know, good at a lot of other things. And if I only have two more gigs left in my life, like, why am I kind of limiting myself to, to this? And so I hadn't really taken that thought further um, until I saw what I was doing in my own house around, you know, drinking, getting myself to drink water that just tasted better. And that's when one day when I was shopping in this new store that had cropped up in San Francisco called Whole Foods, I was like, oh, gosh, this is exactly where I would find a drink like this. And, you know, they totally get health and, you know, all this. And it wasn't on the shelf. Like there wasn't anything like it with just fruit and water. Everything had some sort of sweetener in it. And in fact, I got a little even more disturbed by the fact that while I was really focused on diet, and like how diet had tricked me. I also saw other things that were tricking some of my other friends and and also the guy that was stocking the shelves at Whole Foods, like vitamin water. Like there were a lot of people that felt like, oh, it has vitamins in it. So it's really good. Oh, it's water. So it must be just fine. And they didn't realize that like at that time there wasn't even a diet version of vitamin water, but vitamin water had the same amount of calories as a regular soda. You know, it was like, and it was crazy and people didn't, people wouldn't even look right at it. And so again, like I would wake up every single day and so energized and so like, you know, frustrated, frankly, by how hard it was for consumers to be able to get healthy, including me, and if they would just actually look closer at their ingredients. And, you know, and I I was like, who says that diet is actually better for you? In fact, it, you know, this, again, this was like almost 16 years ago now where no one was talking about what they're talking about now around, you know, diet sweeteners and, you know, how the brain is actually fooled, you know, by these diet sweeteners and, potentially sure. also releasing insulin and all this. Like I was like, I don't know scientifically what's going on, but I just know just from trial what happened to me. And so get it on the shelf at Whole Foods, you know, that's a story in and of itself. And, um, and, you know, about a year into this journey and we're in a bunch of stores and, you know, a couple handfuls of stores in, in the Bay area. I, I just, I was getting pressure from the stores to get like a real distributor and I, they weren't going to allow me to, you know, put cases in my grand Cherokee and deliver for very much longer. And they also wanted a longer shelf life on the bottle. And I thought I'm, you know, trying, I'm willing to like tap people on the shoulder in stores who look like they're just, you know, stocking shelves to see who they're using. Like I, I was pretty resourceful in that sense, but I was just kind of like, wow, this is so much harder than my job in tech. Like I just can't even like do this anymore. And plus I had four kids at this point under the age of six at home. So it wasn't like I came home and there was just this like, you know, lay on the couch. Like I was like, I was just boom, boom, boom constantly. And and finally I was sharing this with a friend and she's like, you know, I met this guy at uh, Coca-Cola, a very senior person. And maybe if you reach out to him and sort of share how you're making all this progress uh, in these stores and you're doing well and you know and that you need a distributor and maybe you can't figure out the shelf life and maybe he can point you in the right direction and I was like yeah that sounds right so I call him up on the phone I'm super prepared for the call and I just said listen we're doing really well you know this is like I just came from this other industry and you know I know there's a lot I don't know and um, but I'm pretty proud of what we've done. And like 15 minutes into the conversation, he said, uh, he said, sweetie, Americans love sweet. This product isn't going anywhere. And I was like, whoa, like what What did he just say to me? I mean, sweetie, Americans love sweet. And, uh, you know, as my dad said, he was, when I told my dad this story, he was like, I'm I'm really happy you weren't like sitting in his office, that that was over the phone. Because you you might have really said some things that you like would have regretted. And I was like, And I was like, yeah, you know, it was interesting because my reaction and a lot of, I've told a lot of people this story in the past, like people have said, why didn't you hang up the phone on him? Or why didn't you, you know, tell him off or, or whatever. And I thought, I don't know, like, I just sat there somewhat in shock for the next couple of minutes. And then I let him go on um, in, in the conversation by, you know, sharing with me ultimately what, the strategy was for his company. And, you know, here he was this like very experienced season executive in the beverage industry. And I thought he could just, because of that, he could just wave his magic wand and, you know, solve all my problems that I had. Right. But what I, what I realized um, in that conversation, as I let him keep going for like, you know, the next hour was that he was really, talking to me about how you get the consumer to buy your product you get your calories lower at the time calories and diet things were like 10 calories they hadn't gotten to zero yet and um and he just kept going on and on and maybe you know you figure out how to lift the sweetness and but never in that one hour did I hear him talk about health which was my whole mission was health and that was like you know, I, that was such a major moment for me when I realized that, you know, by him saying something, you know, so shocking, depending on how you look at it, rude,
0: whatever. Very <laughs> like, common in that era, but I'm just going to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like that woke me up, right? Like that stopped me a little bit to say, I got to listen because maybe it's going to get better. Maybe it's going to get worse, like in this conversation. But I was like, you know, so sometimes when people, I mean, there's so many kind of lessons in, in that piece, which is, you know, sometimes people say stuff to you that is like, whoa, like, what did he just say? And it's happened to me over and over and over again. This book um, that I wrote does not talk about like specifically about like, what do you do when that situation happens? What it does talk right, about well, is that. Patronizing. <laughs> yeah, look, it happens. It happens to right. you know many people. It happens to many women. Um, but you have a choice. You either really? allow it to stop you or you
0: move on. Right. And so, and 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 interestingly that you stayed in, in the conversation as opposed to, you know, your friends were like, well, why didn't you call him on it and hang up and whatever. But actually by being maybe so thrown off, you stopped, it made you take pause and he was just busy pontificating. And by the time he was done, he probably gave you some angles and some thoughts, or at least helped you define that you are not a sweet drink your your business is about health and wellness.
1: Totally. And I didn't even go on to like share with him that my business was about health and wellness because I thought he has a lot more money than I do. And he's like, you know, it's he it's going to take him a long time to steer the or to turn the ship around. Right. Mm -hmm. But I but I was like, it was so clear to me that my mission was different. And in fact, like 15 years ago, we weren't even talking about mission based companies or purpose driven companies right but it was like so crystal clear by hearing these comments how you know i was how i was too really different and so i hung up the phone and you know really like thought hard and i remember uh, talking to my husband who was like the only one that would talk to me about this cuz i didn't you know really have any other people in the in every all my friends were tech friends. They thought I was crazy that I was going and starting this company. And so I, you know, and most of them hadn't started their own company or gone out and raised money. And 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 basically I thought I can either, you know, give up and and just say, I tried and I couldn't figure this stuff out. Or I also like felt like I had all these consumers who for the last year were sharing with me that, you know. This product, Hint, helped them drink water. Um, there was this new thing called type 2 diabetes that had cropped up that, you know, we heard from a lot of people who were struggling with that, um, and the, and Hint really helped them, too. Some people even claim that Hint cured them from, you know, actually uh, keeping taking medications for type 2 di- di- diabetes, but anyway... I feel like I felt like this responsibility to the consumer and it was clear to me that this large beverage company wasn't going to do anything about it. So the moral of the story really is, is that, you know, there's things that happen along the way that you really can't control. There's people that you meet that are, you know, going to say stuff that is offensive, that is not helpful. Right. And and Mm -hmm. again, like, you know, you have a choice. Like, do you allow it to get to you? It's not that I've, i I mean, believe me, as my dad used my mom and my dad used to say to me, my memory is actually extremely strong and I wouldn't forget about those moments, but I wasn't going to allow them to stop me.
0: Well, you're very resilient for sure. Um, a, a lot of people that would have just derailed them, um, Let's um, let's dive in. You have a chapter um, which let me just say I just love the chapter. It's building the airplane while f- flying it, and I think it's such a good metaphor for business. Um, let's you know now that companies have shifted towards uh, being mission driven um, or purpose driven. Um, how looking at the company culture at Hint how how does that work for you? How do you you keep sort of changing the product? You, you iterate on it and create, you know, new things. So how are you building the airplane while flying it? Well, we, d-
1: I mean, we don't really change the product. I think like, that's another thing. Like when we started Hint, it was an unsweetened flavored water and it's still an unsweetened flavored water. I mean, it's something yeah. else that I always mm-hmm. share with, with you know, entrepreneurs, it's like really, really important for you to put stakes in the ground, because especially like, as you go out and raise money or add, you know, people to your organization, um, you know, they may be incredibly smart and have ideas about how you can grow. But you have to figure out whether or not it especially if you're a mission based company, whether or not you're like, that's what you're known for, or, Um, or, you know, you have to clearly articulate that you're changing, right? And, Mm -hmm. and, and we obviously were growing every single year, some years more so than others. So we always like, you know, stood by that. But what we really saw in kind of the core of our customers from day one was that they were looking for health or wanted to stay healthy, like that would come up, every time in sort of words from customer service or just people like sharing that they loved hint with me. And I think that that is such a key thing. um, Even when I look at how we've built our company, I mean the majority of people who have come to work for hint um, have been like, they've just been fans of, of hint and they'll respond to a job and you know, they've come from some have come from, the, you know, big soda companies, especially when, you know, they're not actually drinking the stuff that they're, you know, wor- they're working in a building, and they're not, I mean, that happens a lot, actually, which is so fascinating to me, like, it just, I mean, it's like, it, it it's, for me, it, it'd be like working at Philip Morris and not smoking, like, why, why would you do that, you know,
0: <laughs> I just, it, I mean,
1: it, it, I mean, it's funny, because a lot of people, think about that and um or don't think about that like that's in my mind like that's the you know equivalent of today I mean and and I think that that there's a lot of people who have sort of found religion around you know they they actually want to work for a company where they believe it they you know they drink it they use it whatever it's like if you're working at Facebook and you don't like actually believe in Facebook, then I don't know, like that, that's just bizarre, right? That you're working Mm -hmm. there anymore. So, um, so we have a, a lot of those people and, um, not a lot, but we have, you know, a handful of those people too. So, um, so I think that in terms of culture, I think, you know, we start off by really viewing that having, people that really believe, right. That, you know, they're not like hiding their Red Bulls under their desk, right. They're, you know, they just drink it and, or they, you know, we have a lot of people who just drink water, but every once in a while they, they drink a, a bunch of hint, right. Like they, they're not, they're not like never drinking hint. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they just really like, they enjoy it. And so, um, so it really I think from a culture standpoint it starts with there. Um, you know, I, I think this is the truth for for all startup companies um that I tried to articulate in the book as well is that, you know, you like it's hard work and oftentimes it's not, you know, higher pay. Like if you've been working in some you know, cushy company and, you know, for years and years and years and, and, uh, you've got a big title and, you know, whatever you come over here, it's like, where's, you know, oftentimes you don't have an executive assistant. You don't, you know, you're actually putting your own FedEx boxes together. Like it's all doable, but it's
0: not,
1: you know, it's, it's like a life decision. Having said that, if you're a person, you know, like me too, who also wanted to, you know, not be on someone else's schedule, didn't want to be, um, you know, traveling a ton with my four young kids and, and um, be able to kind of sort of, um, it's not that you do less work. It's just that you could sort of control your day a little bit more. So sometimes I would, and, and sort of still to this day, to some extent, I get up at five and I, you know, do, I do a little bit of work and then I actually work out and then I'm back on by, you know, nine or so in the morning. And then I'll, you know, usually get back on at night after, you know, my day. And I think it's like that for some people, especially if you're used to working in kind of a nine to five job or you sort of have this mindset of, um, you know, I don't want to be on on weekends or whatever. I mean, it's like you might, you might have to. Like that's the, you know, the beauty of being in a startup though, too, that, you know, it's unfortunately you have a lot less people and, you know, you're always resource constrained. And, um, and if you're not resource constrained, then I think eventually you get figured out for that. And, you know, the whole company um, sort of ends up getting laid off or, you know, goes bust, right? Like you can sort of see these companies that were just, had a little too much icing uh, on them and, and then eventually they'll, they'll be found out. So I think that, you know, that's the other thing that I really wanted to paint too, that, you know, people think, oh, I've been like working in a large company and now I want to go and work for a smaller company. There's definitely trade-offs, but for me, I think it was, um, you know, not only could I build my culture that I, really wanted around passion and a product that I believed in and certainly health, but also one where, um, you know, we're open and to kind of looking at kind of as long as somebody works really hard, I think that, you know, that's, that is really like working hard and working smart and, um, is, is really kind of the key to, um, being successful in, in our, in our company and not necessarily in a traditional kind of our way.
0: Yeah. You know, I, um, I can relate to that. I had, um, you know, worked in a boutique hotel and, um, you know, the hospitality industry is open, you know, 24, seven, is what I like to say. So you really never shut down and you wear many hats and, um, I think that it's kind of the same a small business that you have to be open to, um, like you said, shipping out those FedEx boxes or doing that social media post or, um, you know, working on the supply chain or, you know, you have to be open to wearing many hats because it's not a specialized, you don't have a job that's specialized. It's more broad, at least that's what I think, but you're probably the expert on that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, uh, that leads me to this. Um, so uh, most people don't realize how big Hint is. It's a $150 million business. Um, and you scaled that from two people, you and your COO, Theo, um, to 200 people. Um, you stated that um, in your book that every employee at Hint has an ownership stake in the company And a personal commitment to help Hint grow and succeed. So we're about company culture a lot and leading wherever you are on this show. So how do you um, inspire your team to innovate and grow themselves? And and then my next question would be is, you know, not only how do you um, inspire your team to innovate and grow, but also how do you hire
1: yeah so a couple of things I mean in the tech industry it was um and that's really where my husband and I were both kind of used to this it, like everybody gets equity it's like part of the reason you know that they're able to kind of you know pull like great talent um, too is that you know you if you believe that the valuation of the company um, can go up over time and hopefully quickly based on you know sales or whatever you know the metric is then you'd want to take a salary and you know it used to be back in the 90s when we were first starting this it was like you you know no one worked for free or most of the people didn't work for free but it was it was significantly lower salaries and kind of what you you took what you needed um in order to kind of like live and then you tried to get as much as you could on the equity side when we got into the beverage um, business, I mean, nobody was doing that. Like it was just it. And so we did it as kind of a, um, you know, we did it cause we knew it. Um, but we also felt like we could actually get talent in if we gave them some kind of equity. And it's interesting because I still find that there's food and beverage companies that don't do that. Um, I think that many of the larger companies don't do that. They just pay you know, you a lot more money. Um, and, you know, and unfortunately, that's hard, like, if you're used to getting a certain salary, and then you've got to, you know, take a huge pay cut, your your lifestyle may not afford that, right. And so, mm-hmm. um, so but I feel like there's, there's enough um, companies out there in every industry where I think, you know, if you think, that this company has the ability to get bought by somebody, then you really do want to take equity. Um, I think that it's a combination of kind of people knowing that about our company and sort of how we've built it um, in terms of a structure, you know, similar to uh, tech. But then in addition to that, we've been, you know, we have a couple of other things going for us. Number one, it's truly a healthy product. So again, from recruitment standpoint, it's, it's like not difficult for people to kind of understand why you would want to go there. We don't have the same issues as maybe a super sugary company might. Um, And, and then the other piece of this, and I think it, it sort of has, you know, two sides to this coin is like a female founded company. um, And a female run company, I think is definitely there's some people that really want to work for them. Um, we have over 60% 60 percent of our workforce is female um, and people are, yeah and people always ask me like oh did you do that on purpose and I'm like no like this may not be the correct answer but I, I really do believe that part of the reason why we've been able to you know recruit as many women as we have has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of guys don't show up like they don't want to work for a female founded company. And, um, I don't know that for sure, but we definitely get more applicants from applications from women. But having said that, you know, we have the other, whatever, almost 40% of people in the company are men and they're great guys, right? Like they they actually want women in the room, you know, mm-hmm. for, and, and so it's, um, it, you know, the collaboration and everything I think is just, is really great in the company. And so anyway, I feel like, that has been um you know that's also been a plus also i think that being in san francisco there aren't a lot of beverage companies in san francisco and so you know where we fight for talent is with the tech companies but there's a lot of people who maybe like me they'd been in tech for a while and i think that this um this you know appeal of actually having a physical product in your hand and you know, kind of being able to do something really consumer facing, um, that is not a service based business, just super appeals to people. So, um, so yeah, so, but I I think it's also, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors to it, the size of it too. I mean, it's pretty small, um, small, but scrappy, but I think more and more people kind of like that in their life as well. And, um, you know, and I, I, I feel like, I often think about even when my dad was, um, was he had been at a large company, um, armor food company and then Conagra. And, you know, it used to be that if you worked for a big company that it was, um, you know, pension funds and it was, you had a job for life, right? Like no more. I mean, is that the case for large companies? And so, I think more and more there's people who are saying, like, maybe I do want to go and take some bets and go and work at a company where I sort of get it a little bit more because it's smaller and I sort of know where I stand in the company versus, you know, trying to make that bet with a large company because it's just not, um, you know, it's, we've seen that those companies get are locked. not for sure.
0: Yeah. And you get lost. You know, I think it's actually brilliant. Um, I will say that I think whenever you can give people skin in the game, they play differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it does allow people to innovate. I mean, scrappy is a great way to put it, but it also pushes them to innovate, be creative. It encourages entrepreneurship within the company because again, they have skin in the game. They have an ownership stake. So they care, right? They really Mm -hmm. care. And they're not in this big company where they just feel lost. They actually have a voice.
1: Yeah, and I mean frankly I think there's some people who just don't even like they know they have some shares but you know they just are not they don't really know what it means. I mean and and they've they've got it in there and it it's sort of like having a savings account. They they know right. it's like a good thing. It's not costing them anything, but they're not really sure. Um but I think you know over time they they start to figure it out over time and they're it's it's like an it's like an added bonus that sits in there. And, and I think that that's the best way to sort of think about equity wherever you are too, that I, somebody had said that to me a long time ago. It's like, you know, looking at it, it, it's like looking at your investments every single day is probably not a great idea. Right. (laughs) Like, and, and trying to make decisions also around your equity is probably not a great idea. Um, but I think what you should do, um, is, you know, really sort of use it as kind of a exactly what you're saying. If you're, um, if you're sitting there, like trying to figure out, like, you know, if you have skin in the game, you do, if you have equity.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, so let me, let me ask you, uh, l- let's go back to the book and, and a little, um, uh, steer slightly away from, from just hint. What does it mean to be undaunted, which obviously is the title of your book, and why is that your overarching message to the reader because it, it is a very motivational book. Oh,
1: thank you. Thanks so much. Well, I feel like over the last few years, especially being out speaking on on building my company Hint and, you know, talking about like being a founder but also, you know, a female founder and just just overall the challenging times. And, you know, people would ask not only how I did it, but also um, have these kind of ideas around this, this, you know, concept of me that I was that I never had any doubts or that, you know, I was fearless and relentless and, and never had any failures. And in a couple of these talks, I would um, kind of set the record straight and I'd say, no, no, like, okay, I get like all of that maybe, but, um, by the way, I just wanted you to know, like, I have had some failures. I have had some fears. I have had doubts and doubters along the way. And then I would, I would share an example of why I felt like I did. And uh, It was the first time that I did it, I would get these email messages or, you know, people would share a message on LinkedIn or whatever, like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you shared your story with me because um, I was really thinking that I was the only one. And I would, you know, share another thought that I've had is that being an entrepreneur can be really lonely at times. And especially when things get really hard and people just don't really understand. And especially if you are, you know, Creating a category like we did, not only a company like it's just you're ahead of kind of where other people are, and so um, so really, you know, I didn't even have a title for the book until I even finished it. I mean, as I shared with you, I didn't. The, I'm kind of an accidental entrepreneur, but I'm an accidental author too because it was a it, it was a journal for the last four years. I was just writing and writing and writing, and mostly for my speaking engagements because I kept thinking like. What are some other stories? You know, like I can't like there there has to be three or four of them that I wanted in my back pocket when these sort of questions would come up. And yeah. and um and then when I finally about a year and a half ago, I started thinking, gosh, do I like publish this book? Do I put it in some sort of bound format so it could really help a lot more people? Because the sad thing is is that I was getting hired which is not a sad thing, but I was getting hired to go and speak, um, to companies and, you know, different formats. But I thought there's a lot more people who don't go to the same conferences that I go to and, you know, that I'm speaking at, maybe they need to hear these messages. And so, and I, I've always been talking on like LinkedIn and some other places, but I thought, I don't know, like if I actually put it into a book that could be really useful and, and really helping people. And again, like it kind of goes back to my, um, sort of like what i love so much about hint and and what i found in starting this company was that customers would write me early on and say gosh you really helped me and i didn't really fundamentally think like a book would help so many people that i would get the same kind of responses from people like oh my gosh thank you so much like not only am i an entrepreneur but i'm a mother or you know there's other people who have said you know I'm not an entrepreneur I'm not a mother but you know the messages in your book helped me to know to move forward and like to be myself and get unstuck and just just go try and so when i finally was thinking about a title something that you know, so many people have said to me besides the word uh, relentless is you're undaunted. And again, a lot of these people didn't even know each other, but they just started saying it. And I said, wouldn't it be great if we could all live undaunted? Because I don't, I'm not afraid of, of failure and, and I do have fears, but I choose to conquer them as best I can and own things that didn't go so well so that I can learn from those. So, um, so yeah, I mean, very similar to kind of the naming of Hint. There was no like naming agency, or I mean, it was really
0: it it really kind of seemed obvious when it was it. Or, yeah, anyway, was. yeah, yeah. You know, I I have to say when I was reading the book, um, I read it cover to cover. I loved it, and I literally felt like um all of the things you said that you really do come away getting all of those things out of the book, but one especially now since we're all home um i have to say i felt like i was curling up with an old friend you know opening having that little bottle of wine out and just chatting you have your book has a way of making one feel that you're sitting in the room with them because you clearly wrote it from your heart you've been writing you've been writing it over a period of time and you actually were really speaking to yourself when you were probably Writing this memoir or journaling, so it came across differently. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, and I'm probably not articulating that well. But it just came across differently from typical, you know, memoirs that are are written when somebody gets the idea in their mind that they're ready to write about themselves. You've been writing about this process all along, so it was the voice was different. I'm sorry, I can't put my finger on it. I'm, um, but. I loved
1: it. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so nice. Well, I do I mean it sort of speaks to the the thought too, like people have always So I was talking to somebody yesterday about they're they're getting ready to write a book and they were saying like, you know, they're they're doing an, they're getting a ghostwriter and they've got an outline and you know, and I definitely think that's one way to write a book. It's just not the way that my book um was written. So it sort of speaks to how I think about, you know, building a company or doing a lot of things in life, there, there are multiple ways and people will tell you that it's one way. And the reality is, is that that's not really the way it typically is. It's, it's, um, you know, definitely it can be multiple ways. I agree. I agree.
0: So um, I know we need to to wrap this up. Um, I don't know that people realize that you not only have water, but um, sunscreen and deodorant and you're an author and you're a speaker and you're a podcaster and so many other things. But um, what's next for Tara in the lifestyle space? Are you creating any new products we need to know about or should I have not asked that question? I just put you on the spot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We just launched... um we just launched hand sanitizers actually. Um, and, uh, that was done during the pandemic when I found that there was this, um, there was, you know, just a lot of, frankly, not nice smelling hand sanitizers out there. And so I, one day I had some, uh, some essences from our water sitting on the counter and I thought, gosh, maybe I should just actually, um, you know, put one of those into this plain hand sanitizer, um, that I had. And then I thought, gosh, that it's not a perfect sort of feel and consistency. So maybe I should, um, you know, just create my own and, and I did. And, and so it comes in three different scents and, Uh, it's, it's awesome. We are selling it on our website at drinkhint.com. If you haven't tried it, it's amazing. And again, it like kind of goes back to, I mean, we launched outside of water a couple of years ago, we launched sunscreen, which people stop me all the time and share with me like how much they love it and why weren't other people doing lots of different scents of sunscreen with no oxybenzone in it. Um, And then we launched a, a deodorant. Um, uh, Just in January of this year, which is also amazing and doesn't have any class one allergens in it, which um, was the problem that I saw out there, especially for people who have sensitivities on their skin and sort of having a product that doesn't have any class one allergens is kind of a good first step for for people. So, um,
0: so. And no aluminum fire cracked, right? Yeah. So
1: so all deodorants um, don't, I didn't know this prior, but none no deodorant, um, maybe th- there's one out there that has it, but most deodorants don't have aluminum in them. Um, the antiperspirant is the thing that has aluminum in it. And so antiperspirant is a blocker for sweat. And so what I was most concerned about, my father passed away from... Um, dementia turning into Alzheimer's um, 10 years ago. And when I started looking at that disease, obviously, there's no cure for it. But there's a lot of doctors who cite like the effect and traces of aluminum in the brain. Um, And so I thought, okay, well, I don't need to drink out of cans, I can, you know, avoid um, using aluminum foil too much. But at the end of the day, like, my antiperspirant, like I, I wasn't even really aware that antiperspirant had aluminum in it. And then when I also thought about it from a, you know, being right next to your breast and also, um, you know, your lymph nodes and sort of blocking it, I just thought, wow, like, I don't know, that just doesn't like common sense says that might not be that safe. But again, I didn't want to smell or sweat. So I I just I tested it. And um, I tell the story that after like two months, I, you know, of just shifting over the first two months, I my body had to adjust to it. And then it did. And I mean, it's funny, because after I did it, my husband tried it. And I was like, honey, seriously, like if this, if you're just stinky, like you're, you're not staying, like you're going to have to go back to having your antiperspirant. No. But, um, but he, I mean, he had the same situation uh, where he's like, um, he, it took him a couple of months and, you know, and I thought, here I am like telling my, young kids I mean not so young my youngest is 15 now like oh go put antiperspirant on and I mean the last thing you want is to set somebody up for a life of health issues or long-term effects right and so um, but a lot of these deodorants like the better for you deodorants that are out there um, have coconut in them and so coconut is like fine if you um, are not allergic to it. You don't have sensitivities to it, but it's a class one allergen. So actually with peanuts and some other things. So we've always made this commitment to our consumer that we don't use class one allergens. And so um, that's another thing, like people write to our customer service team about it, especially if they have, you know, an allergy, a known allergy that they have. And, you know, it's something that we just, we don't run any of we don't run any coconut on our lines or anything. I mean, it's part of the reason why we don't have a coconut um, water because of that too. So, so anyway, we've. I just thought like there's a market out there, and and maybe it's small. Like we don't have a sales force that goes into like Target or whatever, you know, to sell it into because they're different buyers. Um, maybe we will mm. one day, but and really, our bread is buttered with the water, um, but if we can actually help consumers get healthy and maybe make an impression on some of these other categories that are out there that yeah. you know they sort of feel like they don't need to change because the consumer doesn't know um that there's you know a problem with the sunscreen or with the de- deodorant then um then you know we could also be helping the consumer by kind of forcing a category or an industry's hands on on, um, you know, reformulating. I mean, that to me is like, you know, it we're leading, right. We're not just leading the consumer, but we, we lead in, in, um, you know, the, in, in the world of, of business as well by doing that. So, so that
0: you you raise awareness. You yeah. raise awareness, which I think, you know. I, I will tell you, I, I lost my father about five years ago to Alzheimer's, and when I was reading your book, of course, it was one of the other parallels I had with you. It was so interesting, um, but I didn't know that the aluminum in the antiperspirants um, was something that was problematic for people. You know that it could cause or or like worsen. Alzheimer's. Um, but you got me thinking about it, and I, I'm like, okay, I gotta switch to deodorant now. <laughs> and um what you were saying, it takes a couple months. Um, I think what people don't realize is that the body is actually detoxing when you switch from that to deodorant. And so the smell you have is actually your body detoxing and getting rid of um a lot of things, and then I think you find deodorant is is very effective. Um, it just, there's just that little bit of not a learning curve, but it just a l- little bit for your body to get used to that.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, talk about the fact, like, or or I should say they give up. And I always tell people like, it it took me like, I mean, I had years and years of it in me. So it took me a couple of months. I mean, that's a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's just that you just really have to be um, aware that it's, um it may not happen overnight or in one week.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. So I know that was a little diversion from company culture, but it still talks about how innovative you are and that as you learn things that aren't right, in, in the world, like too much sugar. So you have your your water and, you know, bad ingredients and in sunscreen that can cause cancer and bad ingredients that contribute to dementia and Alzheimer's. You're always thinking on the health side. So although we did divert a bit from culture, I think we really stayed in true to uh, what you you've created. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't thank you enough, Carrie. You're really such a wonderful guest. And um, I'm going to have a link in the show notes for... Um, your product in your book and your profile and so that people can um, order some of your beverages, which I'm going to just say that pineapple, cherry and watermelon are my favorites and I can never decide which ones I want. So really great stuff. Thank you, Kara.
1: Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate the time. And definitely if you guys uh, get a chance to read the book, definitely stop by and visit me on social. I'm all over the on on lots of different platforms at Kara Golden. So I'd love to hear what you think.
0: Absolutely. I'll have that in the show notes as well, all of your uh, your tags um, so people can reach you in whatever platform is their choice, right? Whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, um, I'll have that all on there. So. Perfect. Yeah. And they can listen to you on your podcast, Kara yeah.
1: Golden. Yeah, so. definitely. Lots of fun. So
0: Good. Well, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you. You too.